So we're, we're talking about today, I was going to talk about uh, some basics uh, concerning, um, I don't like to use the word, but it's called evangelism. Uh, oftentimes when you use uh, words, uh, Bible words, sometimes people check out and don't believe it applies to them. Uh, but evangelism is something that we are all called to do. The Bible says to do the work of an evangelist, actually. Um, and uh, um, I've prophesied uh, before, but I don't believe I'm necessarily a prophet. Does that make sense? Uh, and, and, and so I'm just saying that each of us have a responsibility to communicate the gospel in some way, and sometimes uh, that scares people. Preaching the gospel seems, oh, I don't know, you know, but it just really, it is you communicating uh, your experience uh, that God has, has blessed you with. You are telling others about what God's done for you. It's your relationship with God, and you're telling people about it. Does that sound scary? It should not sound scary. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to let the youth know that, that uh, we're, we're hanging out today um, and, and you're staying with us. And uh, of course, this absolutely applies to teenagers. This applies to first graders. This applies to anybody who's a child of God. Sometimes children are better at this than we are. Praise God. And uh, telling people about Jesus, laying hands on the sick. I've seen young people, young uh, children lay hands on the sick and them get healed. Just boom, just like that. Their simple faith uh, is no respecter of how long you've been in a body, just so you know. Um, and so, so we need to get a, be about this. Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, uh, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 28, 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is giving us this mandate as the people of God uh, to do this thing that I'm talking to you about today. We've discussed it, talked about it. Here it is. Uh, next weekend is the Christian Super Bowl. Isn't that right? And, uh, and so, so we, we uh, have a reason. Uh, there are people that, that will come to church on Christmas and Easter, whether they need to or not. You know what I mean? And so, so it's, it's a time when people are open. They know about it, especially uh, religious folks. You know, how many were religious but wasn't saved? Okay, the rest of you are liars. But anyway, it's okay. No, I was religious I was a religious, weed-smoking, girl-chasing, party-crazy person, you know. And uh, so I was in church, but church wasn't in me. And uh, so, so that's not just something that happens to me as a Catholic. It happens to people even at Word of Life Christian Center. I'm sorry I had to bring that up. But, but you could call yourself whatever you want. A Methodist, a Lutheran, a Catholic, a Baptist, you name it. Uh, you know, you can call yourself Kojic. And jerk around and do the motions. Ha! And still be dirty as a dog. And some of them have the title, Reverend. Reverend do dirty. Why am I saying this in church? (laughs) Jesus said that that they will know you by your fruit. Anyway, let's just get off of that real quick here. But I mean, it it really is enough because we're not just called to the lost. We're called to the saved as well. We're called to those who have been born again, but aren't necessarily walking in the fullness of that which is inside of them. So God did get on the inside of them, but he has not yet been expressed through them in their actions, okay? So we are all uh, to inspire each other to do that as well as go out into the world, as it says here, and to make disciples. Disciple is somebody who acts like Jesus. 
And so we're moving people into that, pushing them towards that. Praise God. But anyway, I wanted to give you some basic um, uh, tools for um, heading down this road to, to do evangelism or to head down the road of sharing your faith with other people, your experiences with God. Number one, uh, we're going to need to watch and pray. And uh, we see in, in the scriptures in Mark 13, I'm going to nutshell this, uh, but Jesus, he runs down the last days. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Um, and uh, uh, he, said, he said in verse 35, watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning. And verse 36, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Everybody say, don't be sleeping. In verse 37, and what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So in verse 33, it says, take heed, watch, and pray. So we're talking about praying. Well, what does prayer do? Prayer allows the Holy Spirit to show you people. To, to, to point out people to you. You can pray for them. That person who walks by your house or apartment complex, that person who you see on a regular basis when you're getting your, your plumbing equipment, uh, when, you're, when you're at the grocery store getting your groceries, whatever the case may be, God will put them on your heart and you begin to pray and you are plowing the ground, preparing the way to be able to talk to them about the Lord. I work out with people I see every week. I'm going to pray for them and talk to them and minister to them. And when I'm done with them, I had one one guy, he said, I want to kill myself right now. And I'm like, oh, please don't. You have a plan. He says, I don't believe you. I'm like, well, it's true. God loves you. I don't believe that anymore. And I just go on and on and on. And I, at the end, I'm going out. I said, I'm going to pray for you. He said, please don't. And I'm like, well, that's a good invitation. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to drive you nuts. You're going to see my face when you open your eyes at night. You're going to see my voice saying, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And so when you watch and pray, then God shows you things. It's not just showing you the end times and when to run to the mountains, you know. Uh, that's what people think watch and pray means. It, it is watch. Uh, watch political, business, all those details, watching all these things to pray. But we're praying more close to home. He said to go on the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Those creatures usually are individuals in, in your life that you see on a regular basis who God wants you to reach and love and help. And so, so we're praying, and you can make a list of people. Of course, we know half our families need to get saved and get right. If they, if they save, they ain't right. You know, how many knows some family members, they ain't right? Well, what do we do? Talk about them or pray for them? We pray for them, right? God will help them. And so we can encourage them. God will give us the right words. There's nothing tougher than family members to talk to about the Lord. Because they knew you when you pooped your diapers. And they're like, Psh, what do you know? You used to poop in your pants. Well, yeah, you did too. Well, that's beside the point, but you did, you know, anyway. So, so people have all these different ideas about you, you know, and Jesus said that a, a prophet is not welcome in his own country, you know, and oftentimes it feels like that when it comes to family members. But that doesn't mean you don't pray for them, and that doesn't mean you shut down and never talk to them. God will open doors for you. So praying is number one. Uh, number two is praying that their eyes would be open um, in Acts. Uh, actually, um, I'm going to skip Acts. We're going to go right to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter one, it says this. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of inheritance of the saints. This is a prayer that you can pray for yourself as well, but pray this for people that you're reaching out to, that when you talk to them, their eyes will go, boom, come open. They know, oh, I need a, I need a Savior. God has a call in my life. He has a call. He has a purpose for me. 
So many people running around don't know their purpose. They don't have a purpose. They're just existing, working a job they do not like, doing things they don't like, and miserable. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we're praying that their eyes would be open. Number three is uh, I want to give you some uh, relationship access points. These are just general relations. Some of you do this so well uh, already. It's just your nature, your outgoing. Your, it's easy for you to relate to people. Some of you do this very well, but not everybody does. And uh, not everybody naturally comes about these principles, but you're going to know them when I share them. Some of you, others are going to say, oh, let me write that down. Relationship access points is show sincere interest in people. Show sincere interest in people. There's a guy at the gym, every time I talk to him, he's looking, he's reading my eyes every time. He's looking into me. <laughs> and he said, I don't, he said, I don't believe in the organized church. I said, we're not all that organized, why don't you come to ours? <laughs> it's a funny statement. There's, you know, and I, I get offered, you know, it's because of hypocr- hypocrites, right? And he goes, right. But a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Mark Borup and I do, I just saw a little Instagram thing of him, and, and it was so cool. I, he said, he said uh, uh, that maybe the church was made for hypocrites. And he said, it's kind of like the gym. He said, if you say, I'm not going to the gym because there's fat people there. And I was thinking about it. I was like, right? But that's why I go to the gym, because I'm one of them. I'm a fat people. You know, I'm like, man, I'm a full gospel preacher. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'd be much fuller if I didn't go to the gym. But think about that, that, that hypocrisy that a person who says they don't go because of hypocrites, listen, that is the greatest hypocrisy right there. That you have the audacity to believe you are so much better that you don't even want to hang out with people that have problems and mistakes. And I was explaining to him, and not in that way, but in a different way, I told him, I said, listen, I said, we have no idea what brokenness people come with and why it is that they're doing what they're doing. But they may need you to help them to not be that way. Just like me at the gym, listen, you come up alongside of me and you say you want to work out with me, listen, you are going to pay. There's people that worked out with me once, I've never seen them again my whole life. Just recently, a gentleman from Dominican Republic, and, and uh, I had prayed with him to receive Christ a few years back. You know, his brother works out at the gym. He brought him right to me, his brother. I don't know if he doesn't like his brother, but he brought him to me and said, here he is. And he's like, he speaks uh, very uh, limited English, but he, and he's like, I will work out with you. I see what you do. I do what you do. I said, oh, just join me then. So he did. And, and, and listen, by the end of the place, he's hanging from a machine. He said, no more, no mas. I was like, dude, we got to finish. We're not done. I'm done. <laughs> so, I haven't seen him since. I hope he's okay. But I don't make you do what I'm doing. I don't make you lift the weight that I'm lifting. But I'm going to find out where your weight is, your limits, and I'm going to push you to your limits. It's like, do you want to come to the gym and be the same? Then keep doing what you're doing because you've been this way for four years. 
But people who work out with Pastor Andy and do it consistently, they're going to look different. And every dude that's ever worked out with me who said, I don't want to get big. It sounds good on paper. I don't want to get big. I just want to get cut. And as soon as they start getting some mass, getting some pecs and some guns and some legs and stuff like that, I've never had them quit because of that. They start liking it. It's like, ooh. And not only that, but their wives start liking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One great minister, I won't mention his name. Uh, we were talking about this subject. I said, man, you started getting some legs. And his wife went, ooh. I was like. Wow, I guess that does it for her, bro. I'd be like swatting all the time. Like, whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give me some legs. <laughs> but anyway, so, so, so this is an illustration, an analogy of, of people actually saying, well, because there's people that are out of shape at the, at the gym, I'm not going to go there. Well, there's people that aren't perfect in church. Duh. Jesus said it's a place for the sick. It's a hospital. So our job is, is to get them here, get them to where they can get help, get them saved, get them born again, and then get them to start cleaning up, start, get, start working on that, that most muscular area and start getting that stuff diminished and putting on some more definable muscle. And, and the only way you could do that is if you get to the gym. Hallelujah. How are we doing, Cheryl? Are we doing all right up here? Come on. Glory to God. See, this woman here, she's 65 years old. She competes and shares the gospel and love of God with people. What an example. See, see, to me, I'm a hypocrite compared to her because she eats impeccably and she works out diligently. Glory to God. I mean, I look at the women's section when they're doing all that aerobic stuff and I just shake my head and walk off and hope I'm not seen when I'm going in front of that window. They're afraid they're going to call me in there, you know. But we all are working on it. Isn't that right? And that's what we can do is keep working on it, still believe in God. So God's called us to get those people into the gym, get them into the church, get them into the kingdom. That's what he's called us to do, amen? And so relationally, we show sincere interest in people, the who, what, where, when, and why. I talk to people all the time. Hey, where are you from, you know, at the gym or wherever I may be? Where are you from, you know? What brought you to Vegas? You know, details about their life. They love sharing. Uh, I could go further with that. Um, uh, the secondly is, is be a distributor of hope. And uh, that's what happens is people come and they, they're hopeless. They're distraught. They're broken. One gal lost her cat. And I thought she was going to commit suicide over the stinking cat. I don't even like cats. But she's in depression. So I'm having to pray for her about her cat. Lord God, we just thank you for bringing the cat back in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And this is, she's crying. I'm like, Lord God, I don't understand it, but you know, help her, Lord. Gee. Next thing I know, she's got a cat detective working on finding her cat. I didn't even know there was a cat detective. They have, they have dogs that sniff her cat's areas, you know, in the house, and then goes out and finds the cat. Yeah, I don't know how much they got her for, but they never found the cat. But she did get a call because she put up stuff everywhere and they called her and she got her cat back. So God helped her, right? That meant so much to her. I mean, she was changed. You'd have thought she got married or something. She's just like glowing. Oh, my cat's home. <laughs> my little cat. <laughs> but we help and we give hope. 
We give them hope when they don't have it. And so be a peddler of hope. Be a person who brings hope. Uh, sometimes vulnerability opens a door for people. Ask them questions. They know something. They know something. You know, Jesus did this. He said, woman, give me some water, which would go over really well in this room, I'm sure, right? Right, ladies? If I said, woman, give me some water, you'd be like, get that yourself, bro. <laughs> I ain't your mama and I ain't your wife. And I, you know, they go through the list. You know, thinking, well, my wife wouldn't do it either, you know, if I said that. She'd be like, What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. I was just trying it. <laughs> Give it a shot. You know. Give it a shot. You know. <laughs> Went exactly how I thought it would. <laughs> so she's like, "Woman, give me some water." So he's asking her for something. She has a bucket. She has all that's needed to draw water up. He asks her for something, and then the next thing you know, he's in a conversation with this woman, and a whole entire village gets saved. The city gets saved. Because she goes and gets all those people. But it started with him asking her for something. Isn't that right? And so sometimes, like, uh, there's a lady at the gym. Uh, there's these real hard uh, uh, foam things. They're hard, and people roll out the toxins out of their body. I mean, there's people that spend the whole entire time on the... Have you seen that? They, they just hang out there, and they're rolling it out, rolling it out. And I'm, like, looking at that. I'm thinking, man, that sounds like fun. I'm going to try that. You know, and so I asked this lady. She obviously was an expert. I was watching her do things with it I had never seen done. And, and I was like, you seem to know what you're doing. I've never seen it yet. So I've been to a class, and I am qualified, certified to teach roller uh, exercising or whatever it's called. And I'm like, well, talk to me. So she tells me all about it and what it does and what to be careful of, not to do. And, I, and, and the next thing you know, I'm in a conversation with her and talking to her. Praise God. Open the door. Open the door. Because she has something. And for me, a lot of times people will come to me and ask me um, about things, which is another door. So they're asking me for something, but it is a door. And let me tell you, and uh, man, you're how old? This is a big one for them. You're how old? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm 60 years old. That makes them mad. They almost like cuss. I'm like, shh. <laughs> Why? Because, because um, of, of being physically fit and strong and healthy, uh, they tell me you don't look that old. And I said, well, thank you very much. You know, in fact, the little guy from the Dominican Republic, he go, he go I, I can't do it. I'm 61 years old. Please, please. I'm like, I'm 60. I'll be 61 in June, man. Get back on that machine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. So it opens the door, though, opening the door for people to talk to you. You're standing in line at the grocery store, and, 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 what, and there's so many things you can bring up. I was like, oh, you're going to eat all that yourself? I say all kinds of crazy stuff just to start conversations. <laughs> it's like, wow, is that all you're going to eat? I feel like I need to put some stuff over there for you, you know? And, and uh, I've bought groceries for people. You want to talk about opening the door? Oh, my goodness. Help the gospel with your money. Open the door. Glory to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Woo, doggy JD. Mm -mm -mm. Another, another way, um, relational access point is prayer, obviously. Is can I pray for you? And I'll put my hand on their shoulder. I'll grab their hand sometimes. Sometimes you can tell they're a no-touchy person, you know, whatever the case is. Most people don't mind, just to be honest. And I'll say, do you mind if I pray with you? And sometimes I will go right from praying for them, maybe generally or specifically, it doesn't matter, into saying, say this after me. And I just lead them to Christ. 
And they invite Jesus into their life and become born again and didn't realize where they were going when we started. Do you understand? You can't trick people into getting saved. But typically, I've offered them Jesus. And it's just an easy segue into praying for somebody is, do you mind if I pray for you? Most people will say, no, I do not mind. And then, then after you've prayed, you've, there's a certain amount of peace, the Holy Spirit comes. And now they're going to say, you know, say whatever it is you ask them to say. It's too late. We're in his presence now. They can't stop. Praise God. This works at, at takeout windows, and at, at Burger King, wherever you go to, if they go in a takeout window, you get them stuck in the window. Pull them out. They have to pray with you because you'll have to help them get back out, you know, back in. I'm just kidding. I've prayed with people at the windows, those takeout windows and places of that nature. There's no place on this planet where we um, are unable to affect people for God. And so oftentimes they'll say, you can't do X, Y, Z. God will make a way for you to share the gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. So these are, these are uh, relationship access points that you could use. Many of you just do this naturally and, and every day in relational activities. Uh, some of you would need to start working at this and, and uh, thinking about how can I get involved in this because God is calling us all to do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to Jesus. Number four is learn to tell your story. Uh, you're going to want to write down your story, you guys. Just think about uh, how God has changed your life, where you were and uh, how that changed and where you are. You all understand? And uh, I share with people, um, uh, sometimes I'll say that I, I, I left uh, God's country, which is, you know, the Northwest Oregon and Washington area is called God's country. I left God's country and came to the city of sin to find Christ. This is a statement that I'll say, kind of nutshelling the whole thing, you know. But, but in detail, then I could go into the fact that I was, you know, uh, came from a broken home. I, I uh, got into drugs when I was 12 years old and, and was on drugs until I got saved at 19 years old and, 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 and so on. And what that did, how it just completely altered my life. And we're always talking to them from the same level. We're never talking down to people. Well, you're a wretched sinner. Well, that's going to go over really well. It's true. No, it's true. There's things that are true you don't bring up. You know, like, you know it's like, hey, you're, you're dead spiritually ruled by pride, and you're going to hell on a, in a handbasket on a grease pole. You know, we just don't go, that's not how you do it. Right? Now, people who declared themselves right, Jesus did go there. You know who that was? The Pharisees. He said, you are of your father, the devil. Now, that had to leave a mark. I'm not going to tell him. I mean, that had to hurt their feelings, right? But they were saying, we are right and you're wrong. And there are times where religious people have come to me and said some things that I had to regulate. So don't get me wrong. There are different aspects of this. But typically, we're talking about reaching the lost, people unchurched, people that don't know him. And we are going to do it in a very easy, simple way. Come on. Come with me. Come on. He loved you so much. It's very tender, very kind. Working at not building walls. Right? 
So with Catholic people, I'm not going to say, did you know that the Pope is an idiot? You know, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to tell a Mormon that Joseph Smith was an idiot. I'm not going to say those things. Why would I build a wall? So you understand where I'm coming from, you guys? We're not just trying to show people how right we are. We're trying to win them to Jesus Christ. And so, so there's, a, there's a, a way to approach people and to love people and to help people gently bring them into the kingdom of God. And this, we all need to get, become experts at. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Isn't that right? So learn to tell your story. Uh, take, take time to write it down. Uh, the before, how, and now. In other words, what's going on in your life. Um, make sure that you include the gospel in your story of how you were changed, okay? Praise God. In Acts uh, 1.8, we know that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Praise God. The Apostle Paul, he did teach in synagogues, and he did teach for, for seasons of time and places, but when it came to the lost, he, guess what he would do? He would go back to his story. It's like King Agrippa, I was on my way to, you know, persecute Christians and, and boom, next thing I know, I'm knocked off my horse. He's telling his story. You have a story. Each and every one of you have a story. What brought you to church today is because you have had an encounter, an experience with God. That's simply what preaching the gospel is, is telling your story about how God has changed your life. And, and of course, it's connected to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but you still have a story that relates to people. You are a person embodying the gospel, and so now you are an expression of the gospel. Tell your story. Tell your story. So many people have your story too. And we help others with the same help we've received, and so, so we just have to do it. Praise God. There's so many broken people waiting for you. Waiting. Waiting for you. They're hurting. They're miserable. And they're waiting for you. Waiting. We have to quit navel-gazing and just staying all locked up in here and thinking about us and how come I and me and this and that. Forget about yourself. The greatest joy is to live your life for others. A life lived unto itself is a wasted life. And so we are coming out from God's house, going outside these walls, going into all the world to do what? To show them the gospel. You are a living epistle. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So just share your experience. Share what God has done for you. This is that the, the, they will witness him through you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five is be prepared to share the gospel in some simple way. Uh, there's something we call the Romans Road. I'm going to share that with you. Um, it's, it's Romans 3.23, uh, which simply says, all have sinned. All have sinned. Yep, including you. And this is where we come, that, that we're on the same plane with people who say, look, we all have sinned. I always say, I've sinned, you sinned. You know, we've all sinned. Nobody qualified. There was no way to get to God. So it's real simple. The Romans road starts with all of us have sinned. Secondly is Romans 6.23, and the wages of sin is death. So there is a payment to be paid. When you um, get wages, it's because you've earned it. And so death is what we earned through, because of sin. But it says, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
So the free gift, gift is not something you work for. It's free. It's something that someone gave you. So we're telling these people these simple truths is all sin, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 10, 13 is the simple nutshell version is everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So my friend, uh, you know, these three scriptures, if you could just learn those three scriptures, you got it, baby, right? And you just have to now pray with that person. They've heard the gospel because you've learned it. They've heard the gospel. You've said it. Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now and call on his name? They either say yes or no, or maybe, how about later? Uh, and I never let them go away. I say, ah, just come on, grab my hand. I'll grab their hand. I'll do, I'll, I'll, listen, this might be it for them. If they're standing on the other side when we're standing in glory, you know, you got the people on the right and left. I, if they're on the left, it, my conscience is going to be clear that I did everything I could to get them on this side over here. I mean, think about the people that might be over there right now, people that you see every day that, that, that they'll have to say, why didn't you tell me? And you'd be like, oh, well, see, what happened was I was busy. Or I wasn't confident, or I didn't know. Well, there's no excuses, you guys. We, we know it's too simple. Salvation is too simple, and it's for everyone. Let's do the, our due diligence. Let's, let's get the, deliver the message that you were saved from something for something. Do you understand? You were saved from hell for a purpose. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And that, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, all these things have become new. And, and God who in Christ Jesus uh, reconciled you to himself has now given you the ministry of reconciliation. Everyone in the room and everybody watching, you are a minister. And don't put ministers on another pedestal. Listen, we just decided this is what we wanted to do all the time. And that's what we do. But it's not, not that we have a special responsibility different than you. You have a responsibility to the world and to the lost. Take the gospel to them.